Welcome to the acclaimed podcast, Deep Dive with Andy and the White Whale. Welcome to the Deep Dive. It is a special day in the Deep Dive media landscape as we get into division by division previews for each of the eight divisions in the NFL. These next few weeks are going to be some of the most fun podcasts we do for the entire run-up to the NFL season. I cannot wait to get started on these. Andy, are you fired up as well? Yeah, and I think we probably made the right choice because we and we've talked about this off air a few times. Last year, things got a little rushed. We'd realized like shit. We just recorded two hours and we still have a team to go when we were doing two divisions <laughs> for pod. So we're just gonna take the time. I feel bad for whatever teams got shorted. We had a lot to say. We are just going to take the time and do one one podcast per division, and it's going to be great. We have a shitload of nuggets. We have a lot of thoughts on some on more team, more on some teams than others. But I think uh, I think this is going to be a ton of fun. This is like this is what makes it feel real. Like you know, we've done some podcasts the last few weeks that have been NFL centric, NFL themed, but like actually digging into team by team like this makes it feel like it's just right around the corner and i mean the real start of the preseason couple days here that's right man and uh yeah some of my best takes got left on the cutting room floor because uh we tried to do too much last year uh my pat mahomes is gonna break a bunch of records and win the mvp uh that ended up getting cut uh you know so you know crazy stuff like that uh i'm kidding by the way i did not think that patrick Mahomes was gonna do what he did last year um but yeah let's um let's set up a little bit of uh do a little housekeeping a little bit of uh kind of inf- you know help help uh give people an understanding of what to expect coming up um this next month uh we'll, we will be doing eight podcasts one for each division uh we've picked we've selected the order strategically um, in a way that, um, you know, the, the teams that we have a good solid feel for, you know, what they, you know, what they are, what their rosters look like, we're going to hit those divisions early. And then the ones with a little more uncertainty at the quarterback position, or, you know, just kind of general camp battles or, or, or injury situations, we're going to push those, those divisions later. Um, so it's going to be all over the place in terms of order here. Um, but we're going to do one a day, two per week. Uh, and then, um, we're probably, we still want to do some interviews. We still want to talk to some people who are interesting out there in the, in the NFL space, especially. Uh, and so we'll start dropping a third podcast per week, uh, where we have what? Sort of a, con- a concentrated bonus, bonus oh podcast. My God. We, we are the, just uh, spoiling, spoiling people at this point. People can't get enough. How much, NFL how much content. do all these podcasts cost? Well, we're a day. They are, uh, believe it or not. You can subscribe for the low, low price of absolutely nothing. Uh, anywhere That's you can get free. your podcast, it is free. Uh, and um, yeah, man, we'll do some. So we'll do a bonus third podcast. But you know, the people people are clamoring for it. Like we are a day late recording this one because we both had wild, crazy stuff come up yesterday. We couldn't get this one recorded, uh, and people were clamoring for it. You know, the, there was a, there's a thirst out there for NFL content. It is very real. Uh, and so. 
Yeah, and uh, but you know, you're not going to want much more than what we're going to provide as far as division previews here as we come down the stretch of the preseason. Uh, and then, um, yeah, we'll just probably carry this right through the regular season. We haven't completely decided how we're going to do this, but we'll definitely be doing our two handicapping uh, podcasts per week, uh, just the two of us. And then as we find a guest that is we are dying to talk to, uh, we'll continue to provide interviews in term, in, the, in the form of bonus podcasts for your handicapping. Interesting discussions. Yes. Topical. Some interesting topical. people. Yeah. yeah. We'll, we'll keep trying to find the, some fascinating voices out there to get to bring into the fold. Um, but for handicapping purposes, as we go through these divisions, it's just going to be the two of us this time. And what do you want to get started on? Well, and it's not just the two of us. We talked a little about probably giving some shine to oh, great some of the research. Yeah. Great I mean, point. some of the research... Uh, you know, the literature, websites, some of the stuff we used. I'll just let the, you start. The views, the, you're, okay. I think you're going to be able to cover sure. everything I'm probably using, too. And if you don't, I'll hit them, too. So yeah, we sure. should we should talk about what we use to do all the research for these previews and what we're doing. I mean, not only for these previews, but just for our handicapping, getting a grasp on the NFL for the right. season. Right. The views expe- expressed on this podcast are not entirely our own. Uh, we have been informed by a lot of research, by kind of combing uh, what is available in the information space that helps understand, you know, what is, you know, what are the strengths and composition? You know, what are the compositions of these teams? What matters? What are the strengths and and uh, and weaknesses? Where have they improved? Where have they regressed? You know, we've we've definitely combed what we feel like is the best of the information out there for uh, for understanding all of this stuff. And granted, this is not an endorsement to go buy picks from these people because a lot of them are very terrible at making picks and selling picks. But that said... Uh, but they write a hell of a preview. They write a hell of a preview. Uh, my favorite year in, year out is the Football Outsiders Almanac. Uh, that is my go-to. I get that PDF every July, and it's a, it's a very, very fun and solid read, and I like the concepts they explore. I, you know, Again, like they are excellent at looking backward and kind of being able to do a nice... Um, autopsy on what happened and what's going on and and kind of pointing out like, okay, well, this team underachieved. It was for these reasons. So this team overachieved. This was luck-based or no, this was, they made critical scheme adjustments that were hugely important that no one is caught up to, right? You know, like those kind of things you get out of the football outsiders almanac, I find extremely valuable. Uh, similarly, the personnel groupings and, and, uh, and tendencies, coaching tendencies that you can get out of the Warren Sharp preview, I find very useful and helpful um, in a forward, you know, understanding coaching tendencies, especially since. Um, what about you? Anything else I'm, I'm forgetting? Yeah, I was going to say, and just a ton of great nuggets. I will, and you probably too, will quote both of those. I'm going to try to give credit where it's due when I'm just straight up pulling a quote out of one of those books. Um, yeah. Uh, mostly, mostly those two have read some other previews. Um, I've been listening to Mr. Chernoff's little previews. Oh, he hasn't yeah, gotten Adam. far enough. Yeah, right he hasn't got far enough yet where he's covered anything we're doing today. But uh, those are nice, especially man. I, there's so many of these podcasts now, and different different things to get off topic, like news and a few other little ones. But I I kind of like some of those little ten minute podcasts in the morning where you can just you can grab some quick information. Those have been great. I've been listening to those. Yeah. Um, yeah. He outside of that, a, uh, there's a scheduling a nice, chart uh, I've been looking at. Yeah. Adam compiled a nice preview. I thought uh, sent it to us to help us get prepped and 
I, I found it to be very, very useful. Um, so good job by him. Oh, on yes. That. Yeah, that I, read, I read through it pretty um, useful. Of course, we have to acknowledge our friend Suma, uh, who has been doing an outstanding job previewing team by team. Uh, and who we talk to constantly behind the scenes mm-hmm. about NFL stuff. So uh, that for sure. And then, you know, just in general, all, all of our Twitter friends who we have NFL conversations with, we appreciate all your all your insight and, and some of oh, your so opinions it's will definitely up. be reflected in this. It, it is ramping up. It's very, very real. Uh, and um, let's get started. I don't think we forgot anybody. I think we hit it, up. We hit it all. Um, so uh, if we if we did, we we'll, we have seven more pods to touch on that. <laughs> yeah, we'll get everybody get everybody some shine. Um, okay, so here we sit. Uh, one for sure. One week of uh, preseason practices are in the book for every team. Uh, there haven't really been any impactful or kind of fabric shifting, uh, you know, injuries or moves. Uh, to this point in the season, uh, a couple of teams are clearly, you know, clearly, you know, uh, you know, on the rise. A couple of teams are are getting some cluster injuries in in the wide receiver <laughs> giants, <laughs> giants. Um, but you know, we'll we'll start here in the AFC uh, and hit one of the divisions that I think we've had pretty strong feelings about all four teams, and they haven't changed a ton, at least for three. My feelings have not changed a ton on three of these teams uh, going back to like the pre-draft. So really, since we very first saw win expectations, since we very first saw division odds, three of these four teams in the AFC South, uh, I feel like I've had a very solid read on. Uh, and then um, and then one wild card in here. Um, and I guess let's I think what we ought to do as we go team by team through this division is, is go by last year's, you know, finish uh, order of uh, record and how they finished in division. Um, that way we can kind of start out by kind of qualifying. Okay. Well, here's where we left. Here's what we remember from last season before we get into, here's what they've done and here's where they're going. So let's start with the AFC South uh, and at the top of the division last year with a record of 11, five, Surprisingly, the Houston Texans. Um, yeah, didn't that yikes. didn't that just like even though you remembered it, like when I looked, I'm like, oh yeah, they they did win the division. That's that's weird. But they had that that nine game. You have a nine game win streak. Those sort of things kind of fall into place, I guess. Yeah, even though that was a that was kind of a shitty nine game win streak. It was, and their schedule was bizarre. Uh, in the way it all shaped out. I mean, they started out 0-3 with losses to the Pats, Titans, and Giants. Uh, that Giants loss was gross uh, at home. Very. Uh, and then, uh, you know, with rumors of Bill O'Brien being on the hot seat and their season looking like it was dead, done, do you, and throw them in the trash, uh, they played the Indianapolis Colts. They give up a huge lead. They were way ahead in that game. They gave up a huge lead, uh, end up going to overtime, uh, and Frank Reich uh, goes for it in his own territory on fourth down at the end of overtime in what looks like clearly is going to be a tie game. Uh, And Frank Reich does not convert because he calls a pretty bad play. Uh, but, uh, but the Texans get the ball in position to where they only need one first down before they can try a chip shot field goal to get their first win of the season that kicked off 
uh, a nine-game winning streak that you referenced. Uh, and even the second win was improbable. They won a second game because of bad coaching on the other side, where Jason Garrett, instead of you know going for it and salting away a win, kicked up, you know, punted and gave Bill O'Brien a second overtime win in a row. That really got the momentum going for them. Instead of Bill O'Brien being the first coach fired, uh, they secured the third overall seed, the AFC. Uh, and it was a bizarre season from start to finish, really. Um, and you know, uh, we'll get to Frank Reich and the Colts in a second here, but it was somewhat kind of Bill Belichickian <laughs> that he saved Bill O'Brien's job so he gets to coach against him in the future uh, because I'm really not impressed by Bill O'Brien as far as coaching acumen goes. He seems like a great guy. Don't get me wrong. Like, I don't want, you know, I'm not out here beating the drum for lots of people <laughs> to be fired. You can't handicap off that. But you can't handicap I don't want them all that. fired. Yeah. <laughs> you want everyone. You want chaos. Well, uh, you know, I saw every. Yeah, head coach in Texas. Every head coach in Texas deserves to have his job come under great scrutiny this year. Uh, Bill O'Brien inclusive. Um, yeah. And uh, so even after all of their wild ups and downs over this, they're really just their huge down and then way up and then coming back to earth as the season rounded out. Uh, they hosted a playoff game and got their brains beaten in by the Colts. I mean, the Colts absolutely just beat the brakes off of them in their home stadium in the wild card round of the playoffs. And, um, you know, that kind of has now yeah, set off a from relatively uneven off season from the Texans. What is your general grade of the Texans as an organization with how they've handled roster coaching GM over the course of the off season, Andy? I guess they drafted a lineman. Like that's the start. They they use it. I mean, what else were you gonna do? They had a lower pick because they did win a division, and they they took a tackle. I guess that's that's something. They took another tackle in the second round. So that's maybe the the only plus to the off season. Like the whole the whole GM thing was very odd. It's a uh, it's a, I guess akin to something that happened in the NHL too. But to go to go lose your GM like that, that's just the timing seemed weird and the fact that they're going to go without um yeah every, everything everything surrounding that whole saga just feels weird and it, it's like i like i said with the texas thing they are similar to the cowboys it's like wouldn't you kind of rather have a bad season one of these years than like these mediocre seasons or like a, a decent season where you you win your division, you make the playoffs, but clearly you are no you're you're not going anywhere in the playoffs. I mean, I think they're a team that would benefit from like a three and thirteen season. Maybe get some fresh blood in there. You know, hire a GM, get a coach, get a coach with a, maybe a little bit forward thinking. Protect their huge asset. I mean, we talked about this a little earlier just in the chat. I can't imagine just the, what goes through the heads not only here, but up in Seattle, when you have such a, such a dynamic asset, I mean, we don't even know. We, we might not have scratched the surface on what Deshaun Watson can do because the poor guy is, I mean, he's getting David card. There is, he is taking a lot of hard hits. <laughs> you didn't even, it's funny. Like I didn't remember this either when I, when I first came across it, but it was funny. I brought it up to you that he had to drive to a game cause he couldn't fly cause he'd gotten hurt so badly. Because the altitude was, uh, that was I incredible. think it was just, yeah, the altitude was going to be too tough on like his ribs or I, I don't remember what the injury yeah, was. Yeah, he had cracked he ribs. Could, he was so hurt that he couldn't fly, which ballsy by him. Like, he's a gamer. <laughs> I respect the guy. He he could be electric. 
if they can protect him and they can scheme around his strengths. So I give it like a D minus. I don't know. I think it, it seems like a team that's just carried by the superstars. Like, and I, I guess we can keep making that comparison to Seattle as far as just uh, you have a dynamic quarterback who's going to make some plays and they have, you know, good receivers, a few standout players on defense, and they just kind of mask shitty coaching, shitty scheme problems with the front office and, and you can't you can't take away a nine game win streak i mean you, you can only play who's on your schedule you can say it wasn't the toughest schedule you still it was go not out there and take those wins and and they're and it's not like their uh their pythag was super low like they were super lucky i mean they were only they're only like seven or eight tenths of a game above their pythag for the year so right right it, they weren't like super lucky in any of these games but yeah once they got to the playoffs that was I'm trying to think. Wasn't it like twenty-one nothing just in a blink? Oh yeah, I'm gonna yeah, have to twenty-one nothing. Go back and look. I think. Yeah, it, and it could have been worse. Yeah, it, honestly, like it could have been. It, it, it should have been, been more. Yeah, worse. it could have. It could have. Yeah. Should have. Would have been uh, an even more insane beating than they got uh, at the hands of their division foe, the Colts. Who you know, uh, you know, look, you know. Spoiler alert: I like the Colts, um, but yeah, I think it, it was. It was a. It was a weird. You know, it was a weird schedule for them last year. They had it easy. They got to play a lot of teams that were down. They got to play a lot of teams that were facing injuries. They got had they had coaches in the indie game and the in the Dallas game give you know hand them wins, um, which was huge. Um, oh, the but you're Dallas right. game. The Dallas game was crazy. They they should have they, oh, they should have, they should realistically after five weeks they should have been oh four and one and probably Bill O'Brien gets gets canned at that point. Um, but yeah, I think your D minus for their offseason is charitable. Realistically, I, I think it's charitable. Charitable. They they um their owner passed away. McNair is gone. And they have yeah. every whiff of a franchise that does not have like clear and obvious leadership at this point. Um, the GM bungling thing was was wild from my perspective and I am kind of coloring in a lot of details here. Uh, it will, seems like they decided or had eyes for uh, the you know personnel guy from the Patriots, Cesario, and they decided, oh, well, you know, we're gonna make a move on Cesario, so we are gonna fire our guy. Our guy got scooped in the draft by the Eagles uh, for the best offensive lineman who slid almost into our laps, and he panicked, took somebody that was a humongous reach in round one. Uh, and then yeah. separately did not really otherwise address the, the offensive line through free agency. They brought in Matt Khalil. Matt Khalil is a dumpster fire. Oh, I know. Fire. I was just going to make a that joke. Dumpster like, what do you mean? Fire. <laughs> dumpster fire. He's in the league worst, somehow. Worst. The, one, of the, one of the worst tackles. Somehow he's in the league. But, and don't get that confused with Ryan Khalil, who's now the center of the Jets, who I think is a legitimately talented player. But, you know, regardless, um, you know, the, the GM did not do well addressing the two key issues on the team in that he did not improve the secondary and coverage aspects of the defense, and he did not improve the offensive line to protect their young quarterback. Both of those were fireable offenses, so they were fine to move on from him, but the way it went down and the guy that they were targeting then not being allowed to interview with him was crazy. Uh, and so, yes, you're right. Now they have no GM. And guess what? Your one of your star stud defensive players. Oh, I was Dave, just say, to this day, Crowley, they're screwing up. Yeah, to this right day, now they have at right this now. moment. Exactly, they can't 
negotiate with him and get him into camp. He's going to hold out until when? Preseason week three, we think, at the earliest. Um, oh, and, yeah. you know, I mean, so what? what is a reasonable expectation to get from Clowney this year? You know, is Clowney going to play 16 games this season or 12 games? I mean, you know, I, what, what what is a reasonable expectation for his production? Same with J.J. Yeah, Watt. Yeah, I mean, we, JJ it, Watt it just, it just makes me think of, like, the, the, the Joey Bosa thing. You don't yes, want exactly. You don't want a player like that sitting out the preseason. I don't. I'd like to read about that. Like which players need preseason reps the most? Which position groups? Because I I don't have any stats to back up anything I'm about to say, but it seems like those kind of players do need some snaps, or they yeah. end up just getting hurt right away. If you rely um, on then, explosiveness, if you rely on speed and explosiveness, and you don't get preseason snaps, you are scuffed. Yeah. Well, yeah, not only just an injury, but starting just starting slow or not looking good for the first few weeks. And like like I said, you need this is the kind of team that needs their superstars kind of carrying things because they are weak in a lot of positions. They don't have a ton of depth at some positions. And then I, I forgot to drop this nugget in the and this is from Football Outsiders. No, this is from Warren Sharp. When they when we talk about that nine game win streak and the weird schedule, you know, you can only play you can play. I do have to shade it with this. They were it was the easiest um opposing pass offense schedule. So the defense played the easiest schedule against passing yes. offenses last year. And actually yeah. it was the easiest uh schedule that anyone's played in the last four years. <laughs> so wow. In a in a league <laughs> yeah, in a league where you know, things are becoming more pass-heavy. It's becoming more important to win by passing the ball. If you play a schedule that's been the easiest in four years, I guess maybe you're more likely to have a nine-game win streak throughout the season and Should we be, get a couple uh, more late, win, win the division. I, I am dude. not I'm not bullish on them repeating, obviously. I'm not excited. Uh, I, like, I like Romeo Cornell. I'm not super sure about this Tim Kelly character. I know I'm not sure about Bill. Bill O'Brien. I've been back and forth on Bill O'Brien. Where sometimes I feel, uh, I feel like he's not the dumbest, you know, dumbest person on the planet. But then again, like just some, and this is this is football outsiders. Like they're regressing as far as the way the NFL is working. I mean, and we can argue, you know, the analytics crowd takes some heat, but I mean, play action is shown to be working. Like you have to run more play action, and they're going the other way. Like they dropped from 17 to 18, they dropped 11% over the course of the season. And then, I mean, special teams are special teams, but they punted the most, like in minus EV positions. Again, from Football Outsiders, where is it? They punted 11 times last year from inside their opponent's 42 yard line. Unbelievable. No other team had, no other team had more than eight. So I mean, just the 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 things the Sean Watson are doing with the Sean Watson. Not only that, yeah, yeah, the things that smart teams are doing, going forward on fourth, running play action, they're bad at it and they're regressing. So I, you know, if you're a Houston fan, maybe buckle up this season because. It it might get worse before it gets better, and you know, you, you know, I, I mentioned the draft, and that probably was a reach. I'm not, I don't know a ton about this cornerback from Kentucky. I don't watch a lot of SEC ball, but they did take some corners. They took some tackles in the draft, but you can't just fix up an offensive line and a defensive secondary 
by drafting a few guys. Yeah, I no, that takes years. Know, I don't know. Yeah, Deshaun Gibson, I'm not 100% sure that was – he's getting paid decent apparently, but uh, – yeah. Bradley Roby got not, added. Not in love. Not in love with these yeah. moves at all. They added no. players, but I'm not sure they added th- enough to to improve in the spots where they were really rough last year. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, this could um, be a shit show. It could be. It could be really bad. And yeah, their schedule gets a lot harder. Um, let me ask you a quick. Uh, I, I didn't prep for this. Didn't prep you for this. But uh, are we? Are we? overlooking a potential spot to go under on Deshaun Watson passing yards or Hopkins receiving yards here? Because those numbers have got to be inflated to the nines. They have yeah, a much I mean, I suppose when he gets hurt, it's just going to go over. Yeah, I mean, Watson's Watson's uh, passing yards is like 4,100. I am not 100% sure what okay. he had last year, but that's high. Like, yeah, it's going to be a tougher year. The schedule does get tougher. And Watson threw if for they forty-one. Still... Watson threw for forty-one sixty-five, starting all sixteen games. What What would you put a percentage on that? Give me a line on, uh, and just do it by percentage that he starts all sixteen games again. Uh, I'm going to say I I in my head, it's probably like eighty percent. What do you think? Yeah, I was gonna say I was gonna say like seventy five. Seventy five, eighty. No, yeah. he he is tough. He's and tough. He, yeah, we can't say their offensive line will get. I mean, it might get a little better, but they haven't done anything to show me that they're super willing to put some capital towards protecting him and keeping him yeah. upright for the season. Through free agency and through the draft. So yeah, that that um, feels yeah, that feels high. Yeah, I think through free agency and through the draft, they still are staring at a bottom five uh, O-line uh, in the NFL. Um, and, you know, it's it's going to be tough for them to improve on the fly. They haven't shown the ability to de- develop their young players on the offensive line. Um, so, I, yeah, I mean, I think it all starts and ends with this team at, at that, you know, in the trenches, weirdly. Um, you know, on the defensive side of the ball, I think you nailed it. I don't love their additions to the, uh, to the, you know, to the backfield in terms of their ability to cover. Uh, they were susceptible to the middle and deep passing last year. Um, you know, that was what lost them both of their late games against the uh, Colts. The Colts beat them twice in December and once in December, once in January. Uh, and a lot of that was on the basis of their deep passing attack and, the, you know, they still are going to be vulnerable there. Um, they rely way too heavily on kind of massively disruptive plays from Clowney and J.J. Watt. J.J. Uh, Watt playing 16 games last year was a humongous upset. If I, if you had to ask what are the chances J.J. Watt played 16 games last year, I you know, that when we were recording <laughs> there, I would have given like 35 maybe. I mean, like we were hearing rumors that like this isn't going so great. By the way, guys, like he may be like on the cusp of retiring, like his back injury was so bad. And he ended up playing like a full season of, of games, which was impressive, I guess. But I, I still have, would have him flagged as a high risk player from the standpoint of, uh, of picking up an injury. Um, they, as far as their, let, let's talk, touch on their schedule a little bit here, uh, and then we'll I was get just, into, I just pulled it up. Okay, it's worse than I thought. I, I had it in my head, and like Jesus, it's bad. Yeah, because it's I'm bad. just gonna. Yeah, I'm just going to spoil it. Like, I don't know if I'm super high on Jacksonville, but I'm high on their offense getting better. Maybe their pass offense getting better with a real quarterback. 
So, sure. I mean, obviously you face them twice and one of them is in the UK where it's pretty much a weird away home game for Jacksonville. So yep. I'm seeing a ton of, I mean, if you just want to run through it, it's, it's, it's not good going into the bye. They could be well, pretty bad about, and then they come out of yeah, it going right, to Baltimore. That, yeah. That's, that's bad. That's the bad part. Um, okay. So they, because they have a first place schedule uh, and you know, everyone in the AFC South is matched up against the AFC West. So they're going to have to play the Chargers and the Chiefs as it is. Um, Chargers and Chiefs, I have I hold in very high regard this year for sure. Um, both on the road. Both on the road. They got the, oh they, they drew both of them on the road. Oh shit, that's a good yes. call. Although although you you'd be worse off hosting the Chargers and going at Denver probably. But that's that's still that's beside the point. Um, okay, so in addition to then their first their reward for a first place schedule, they get to play Baltimore and New England. And they got those two games sandwiched around a Thursday night game against the Colts. So they're going to have to come out of their bye at Baltimore, Colts on a short week of prep, and then hosting New England. That is tough. That is really tough. And I got to tell you, if their season isn't in the toilet by the time they go to the bye, uh, that little three-week three stretch there, week 11, 12, 13, will kill them. Um, going into their buy, yeah, and then the closer. I have thoughts about that closing stref too. They, uh, I'm not, I'm not bullish on Tennessee. I'm gonna, I'm gonna spoil all my other takes. I guess. <laughs> I'd say okay. maybe. I mean, if if we if we if we want to just go off like season win totals or general consensus on teams, maybe an easier part of their schedule, even though two of them are on the road, is Tennessee, Tampa, four. Tennessee at the end. Yeah. Yeah, Denver. Tennessee, Tampa Bay, Tennessee. But if you're going into that stretch, let's say you know you're you're like two and ten or three and nine <laughs> at that point, completely reasonable. And and Deshaun Watson is you know and he's beat up. You might you might not have a damn shot to you know. And let's just say they're like four and eight, you know, where where the season win total is still attainable. Like it, you might not have a shot because they might be punting, they might be resting Watson, they might not yeah. be fully engaged in some of those games. Those would be terrible games to watch if that's the case. If ten- if Tennessee and Houston are clearly, you know, the the dregs of this division, that's yeah. such a bad game for Week 17. It's like so they bad, might as well yeah. just play that on Saturday. Yep, yeah, I agree with you, hundred percent, hundred percent. And you know, what is their win total? Eight ish, uh, eight and a half. Um, okay, so yeah, before moving off schedule, like this run up to their bye, good fucking god, holy the week one through their bye is just unreal. Yeah, it's not good, it's unreal. Uh, even the home games, oh my gosh, even the home games, absolutely. You get to play some, yeah, Jesus, this is brutal. There's only one a clear. You know, there's only one game where they're going to be clear, obvious favorites, and that's uh, hosting Oakland Week Eight. Otherwise, this is just utterly ridiculous. At KC, at Indy, back to back, then Oakland, and then you got to go to the UK and play the Jags. Like that's that four game stretch there is rough. Um, you know, hosting Carolina and Atlanta back to back on that fast turf is going to be problematic. Uh, yeah, this is this is just this is nothing about this schedule looks friendly whatsoever. And I agree with you. I think after they come out of their bye. If they drop two of three in that Baltimore Indy New England stretch, which seems entirely likely, uh, then you're you're talking about a, a four and eight team at best uh, heading into their final four, which makes eight and a half a damn decent underlook, wouldn't you say? 
Pretty tough. Pretty tough pretty to tough. attain if that's where they end up at. Pretty tough. So eight and a half. Let's talk about the, the win total number then a little bit here. Opened up at eight and a half, which was a huge adjustment off of what they did last year. They won 11 games last year. You mentioned it. Their Pythag said 11 games was pretty much fair, uh, yet they opened them up at eight and a half uh, with effectively effectively running it back. Like, same roster, running it back. They get, an eight, they get a two and a half win adjustment on the opener. Uh, and you would think from that point, maybe people would be inclined to take the over. Not so fast, my friend. The under eight and a half has been bet now to minus 156 is the juice there. That's effectively an eight with even juice. Um, and I'm looking right now at my, my numbers that I'm reading off, by the way, are a bookmaker. And I just picked them because they happen to be taking the highest limits at the time we were compiling this information. Um, they're taking two win five, five K right now on these. Um, Talk about that for a second. Yeah. Just why, so, why that matters in case people are wondering. Well, yeah. I mean, we want to be using the kind of the market consensus lines and, Clearly, if you shop around from book to book, you're going to see huge differences in juice on the standard lines that are offered. Um, but, you know, for lack, you know, I, I don't really know what they're taking in terms of limits of Pinnacle right now. We probably could finish, figure it out if we asked the right people, pe- people but their numbers aren't mm-hmm. too different. Um, but either way, uh, you know, if you want to consider these kind of the market lines, I think they're it's fair since they're taking you know, taking to win 5k on all these. Um, and you'll probably see these limits creep up to 10k, 15k, 50k, even by the time we get to the regular season. So they're, they're on the come up as we get more information about these teams in the preseason and their injury status and stuff like that. But regardless, their number has been bet down 45 cents from the opener. So we are not alone in sharing pessimism uh, in the face of an already two and a half win adjustment on this Houston's Texans team. Um, and you know, the, I think we attacked this in a way that I thought was the most effective basically when they opened the division odds, which was base betting everyone that wasn't Texans and wasn't Titans to win the AFC South, uh, was kind of the right way to hit that. Um, and their division odds have completely, you know, have completely cratered. Um, what are you seeing out there now widely? Well, for for Houston for the division, yeah. like it's four to one almost. Yeah, yeah, that opened at two to one, so that has that has shifted significantly. Yeah. It's four to one now. Wow, look at that. And if you if you look at some of the look aheads too, I, if you are truly you know, and I, I I don't do a ton of this. I I think I should. Shout out to uh, winning picks on on Twitter, that guy, another Minnesotan, by the way, he, he does this every year where he picks out some teams that he likes during the, you know, preseason that you think the market maybe is wrong on and he'll play some of these, you know, these bets down the line. What do you want to call game them? Of the look year. ahead lines. Yeah. Game of the year. Well, not game of the year, but yeah, look, look, look ahead lines yeah, of the NFL. Yeah. And he'll play some of those and he's always done pretty well with that. And I, I think I might dig into that a little before this year. Maybe just put some half units on some of these games because if, if you're bullish on some teams and bearish on some other ones, odds are they're going to meet up at some point. And yeah. if if you're truly bullish against what the market says and and bearish on the other ones, the line is going to be off if those two teams match up. Like, I mean, another spoiler, and we've talked about this on Twitter, I'm higher on Atlanta than the market is, and I'm lower on Houston. I can get Atlanta getting three points going to Houston on week five. 
if Houston's, Ooh. you know, in the shitter and Matt Ryan's playing well, it's probably going to be, you know, pick that line could absolutely worst. be a pick. Yeah. Houston could be a dog. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, if you, if you do see some teams like this, then, you know, there are there are some books that have lines up for every game through the first 16 weeks. So that's not a bad angle to take, too, if you uh, if you don't want to do, like, a full future bet. Because, granted, you know, you're going to wait. You'll wait 5, 6, 10, 15 weeks for some of those, too, depending which week you bet them. But uh, it's something that you can certainly, if you're right, arbitrage your way out of, look for a middle, or <laughs> just sit and, sit and smile when you get a really good number. Here in uh, five weeks. Okay, so Texans to win the South, you said, was about four to one. Uh, that means they got about yeah. a 20%, 20% chance. Wow, that has really, really moved a lot. Um, wild. Uh, and then to make the playoffs, I'm seeing plus 150. That is a, an implied 40% chance that they make the playoffs. So 60% chance that they are on the outside looking in. Does Bill O'Brien lose his job if they don't make the playoffs? You think they bring in a new GM and he just cleans house? <laughs> yeah, I was gonna. I was gonna say. So yeah, are we looking at anything outside of chance? anything outside of repeating? Wouldn't you just want to clean house as a new GM? Yes. Yes. Yeah. 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 I'm not accepting if, the GM job unless you give me the latitude to clean house. Yeah, and the only the only way you don't do that as a new GM is like, ah, this is a successful team. They won 11, 12 games. They won a playoff game. I can't go in there and just axe everybody because they lost to the you know the Patriots, Chiefs, Chargers, Colts, somebody in the playoffs. Right. Good point. But I don't see that scenario playing out. I don't know if you want to be betting Bill O'Brien first coach fired because that one that market's kind of wild. It's and a weird one. I don't yeah. think he will be the first coach fired, but I think he's he, like a January first year. Yeah, he's yeah, a he's a this black, could be black like Monday. an end of the season yeah. kind of thing. Black exactly. Monday kind of deal. Um. Or even in the offseason, once they finally hire whoever the new GM is, I guess. Um, but yeah, 60% chance, as far as I can tell you, that this is Bill O'Brien's last season as the Texans head coach, um, based on just the fact that there's a 60% chance that they will miss the playoffs. Um, how low would you go on the Texans' win total under, by the way? If you look in the alt win I mean, just, market, just based off my theory, my theory on the last four games, where if the team's in the toilet, are you going to trot Watson out there if he's a little banged up? Or no, no way. I think you. I think if you're so that, four and eight, I, you're, you go two and two over the final stretch, and you probably finish six and ten. Yeah, that's right. I do like these alts. Under seven, plus one sixty five feels pretty safe. I think that's the look too, like, because you're not getting much nine. more. Yeah, you're yep. you're you're not getting much more to sell off for that of half seven. Game. Yeah, for that half game, and seven and nine seems actually like. Hey, you know, as I look through the the potential outcomes here, that's probably gonna you know you're probably gonna get seven and nine, something like twenty percent of the time with this schedule. Um, so that's not crazy that you would just take under seven instead of under six and a half here. So let's uh, say. So what do you think? Houston under seven plus one sixty five is that the right way to attack this team, or is there a better angle, or do you just want to stay away and let them suck? No, if I if I had to take a wager, and I'm gonna look, I'm gonna do a little more schedule breakdown here, as far as my numbers, but they are it's on the radar, like yeah. and, and just like you said, like the seven, not the six and a half, even though it's probably even more plus EV, but uh, <laughs> the nice the nice safe feeling of that push is in there too. 
I think it pushes yeah. a, a even we're not uh, of the time. We're not immune. We're not immune to these biases. So That's maybe true. I'll split some money up on under seven. Under seven and a half plus one twenty three. I, I like doing this sometimes when I'm fading or you know betting on a team when I'm taking the alternate overs where you you put a maybe you put three quarters of a unit on their their over like and then sprinkle the rest on some on some over alternates at some higher numbers just in case you're really right and it uh it pays off you it's just like the alternate totals we do in the nfl so yeah yeah i don't know yet anything else on houston before we well i would also like i mean i'd like shit to on some other what, teams uh, i i do kind of like the the hopkins the uh, hopkins watson unders potentially the passing yards for watson under is a great one uh, there's just an awful lot of outcomes where either between games missed or between protecting him from, you know, harm, take keeping him out of harm's way when the season's a wrap. Uh, I think the likelihood that he meets or exceeds his total from last year is pretty low. Uh, and that's the way they've lined this. So I think there's definitely an advantage on under 4,099 and a half at minus 125. Um, same with Hopkins. I mean, you know, and this is, these are dicey positions to have in the same kind of conversation because clearly like we're expecting them to be behind in a shitload of games. And like, yes, the incentive is going to be to try to throw themselves back into games. Uh, and yes, they have, you know, kind of a, a, a revamped, uh, healthy set of receivers beyond just Hopkins. So they, you know, they're, they're not going to be, you know, a bad team to look for, you know, overs in terms of game by game. And, you know, they should be pretty competitive week one at the, at the saints Uh, after all of this pessimism on the Texans and and granted, you know, this, this is a bigger, broader discussion that we'll rehab when we do our week one preview, but like it's because I feel like they do, you have to separate in your head I don't like this team's outlook or chances for the 2019 campaign from because of that, I'm going to fade them week one against whoever their opponent happens to be, especially if it's a good opponent. Right. I like, I like reasonably at full strength, at full health, this Texans team matches up pretty well with the saints in the Superdome. That should be a competitive high scoring game. They're getting a touchdown. I'll probably take Texans in that game, uh, but I expect them to lose. I just expect them to lose by three or four points. <laughs> so it's uh, it's tricky kind of balancing some of these thoughts, I guess. But don't get caught into the trap of everyone you've ever heard of hates the Texans. Everyone's down the Texans. The Texans are going to be shit. The Texans are ice cold. Therefore, I'm betting the Saints week one. Is that... Does that make sense? Yeah, you can still bet on bad teams. They're getting a lot of points. Oh, we'll bet on points. I guess... Uh, <laughs> yeah, my, my closing thought on the on the Houston, and this is a reason I am waiting. I think I'm gonna wait a little bit because, and I don't even know if it's a reality, but the Matt Khalil thing. So Matt Khalil was brought in, and he's gonna start probably because oh. Julian Davenport gave up the most sacks out of any tackle in the league. Like he was the worst. He was the worst tackle as far as sacks given up. So he was so bad that Matt Khalil is going to replace him. Matt Khalil, the turnstile. That's a huge issue. Like that's that's one of the reasons why we're so down on this team. They they replace shit with shit. Yeah. But wouldn't you think like if you were truly gonna go for it, and it sucks you don't have a GM right now, but Trent Williams doesn't it just Trent make Williams. the most sense Perfect here? Like if if they, do, if they do sign Trent Williams, I'm I'm not oh as my you know that's a huge it's it's crazy. You know everyone talks skill positions, man. Left tackle. 
left tackle is a skill position. If they actually went out and got Trent Williams, I'm not so sure I would take some of these win totals. I think I don't know if it makes it that big of a difference, but it it does in my mind, I guess. Like that's it's, it. it's that's such a huge concern. Yeah. It's yeah. it's just it's like a it's a domino effect. You have an anchor at left tackle. All of a sudden, you know Watson's not getting hit. Watson doesn't have to bounce around the pocket. Watson's yeah. hitting got, the receivers. He's got two he's more got seconds. Good receivers. So he's got two more yeah. seconds to get his guys down the field. He's great on the it deep could, ball. It, great on the it deep. could yeah. It could be a very good passing offense. If they had the difference between Trent Williams and Matt Khalil, I don't even know if you can see how wide I'm holding my arms because you can't because <laughs> this is audio. It's a lot. It's a fucking yeah. golf. It's yes. the Gulf of Mexico. Yes. It's yes. so much. So yeah. that is yeah, a yes. super important kind of uh, thing because I really, really don't think Trent Williams plays another snap in Washington. Oh, no. He called out the training staff. He's played his last And this just makes so much sense. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, yeah this makes so much sense to put him there. That would be great. That so, would be great. That's something to keep an eye on. Yeah, I know. No, you're right. You're right. You come week three of the preseason, they could have a blue chip player at left tackle who completely changes the complexion of their offense. They could have Clowney in camp who just looks utterly, you know, dominant and is going to be a force to be reckoned with on defense. Like all of that could could you know materialize. So yeah, we're couching a lot of this, but at the same time, because they don't have a GM. I feel like this is one of the safer kind of positions we can plant a flag in, right? Like there's like like that aspect in and of itself is going to prevent them from making the moves they need to to go from you know kind of a team on the decline to a contender all of a sudden. And that's a shame because I like Deshaun Watson and I like De- I like De- DeAndre Hopkins, and I would really love for you know for this team to have you know more a more a more satisfying playoff push while they're still young and competitive and healthy. Uh, and I think we're not ever really going to see that because they're going to have to go through a, a big rebuild after this year, but hopefully they get a yeah. good GM. And it's still, it's still a tough schedule. So. Still a tough schedule. All right. Yep. Who, who finished okay. second? It was, was the Colts. It was the Colts on the back of uh, a late season push on the, on the, um, on the heels of a week 17 win. They won. It's a theme in this division. The two the two playoff teams started really poorly. Like yeah, they had boy. a they had a one and five start. Everybody, I mean, it's it's just like the Patriots every year where it's like, oh man, they're not good. This is a problem. This team's bad. Luck still hurt. They bring in was it Brissett they brought in to throw that Hail Mary? It was. They did. Yeah, it was. Like, oh, his did. shoulder, his shoulder still wrecked. This team's not going to be good. Here we are, eleven months later. Luck is second favorite to win the MVP. Incredible! How how the Un- how the turntables have turned? How the turntables turn? How the turns have tabled? Yeah. How the turntables turn? It's freaking crazy. It is. Um, and you know the 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 way you framed it was correct. I feel like the you know the Colts. It's not hard to um, to get caught up in the you know in the bull- bullish momentum for this Colts team because they have a coach who was their second choice. <laughs> Remember, Josh uh, McDaniels left them at the altar, and so instead of McDaniels, they make an emergency phone call to the world champion Philadelphia Eagles, bring in their offensive coordinator Frank Reich, uh, you know former quarterback in this league. 
And we all look at each other and we're like, yeah, okay, sure, whatever. Frank Gregg, I guess he was, you know, he was a, a key part of their success. I didn't really have any understanding or respect for how important he was. Um, you know, they, they use their top 10 draft pick. They trade out and give the, uh, give the Jets a crack to get their franchise quarterback. And in doing so, they take an offensive guard. At number eight or whatever, Ooh. it was like it's like Ooh. wow, really guard? Okay, all right. And like, does this guy Chris Ballard is he really all that much of an upgraded GM? I don't know. Um, turns out, all the answer to all of those questions was emphatically yes. Chris Ballard is amazing. The draft pick for Quentin Nelson, they got like legitimately one of the top what ten offensive linemen league wide. A total tone setter to I, show I that put offensive him, like, line. Top five. You know, know, we we said pretty yeah. We said before we started recording. Sometimes we don't have like the super hot takes that you hear. Like we don't we don't go way out on a limb and say crazy stupid shit. But I mean, if if he just plays well and doesn't get hurt for ten years, like Quentin Nelson's a Hall of Famer. Yeah, he <laughs> he's is so he's good already. He's, he's so, so good, already. good already. Just yeah. just a rock. That offensive yes. line was amazing. The turnaround was kind of a combination of everything. The offensive line gelled. Lux and acclimated himself better to the game. This was like a professional segue, man. Professional segue from the Texans to the Colts here because Lux's career looked like it had gotten completely derailed because they could not protect him with that offensive line. He got beaten and battered. His shoulder was fucked. It was like, will he ever be the same? They get in one season, they get a competent line thanks to one all pro injected one youthful all pro injected into that lineup with a couple of nice pieces around him and they he was the least touched quarterback last year the least and yeah. in that it's that it's that fragile of a you know of a of a system when you're you know dealing with this sort of stuff and you know his his production Andrew Lux at least you know between week 1 and week 17 was dramatically improved. He played himself into shape. He was way more dangerous at the end of the season than he was at the beginning of the season. And all of this was kind of, you know, was is, is the momentum that you want to be buying into if you're looking for the 2019-2020 campaign and you're trying to find a team to plant your flag on, right? I mean, like, all of these are huge signs. They got, they got a rookie in Darius Leonard who legitimately – should have been considered in the top five for def- defensive most valuable player. Like he was unbelievably good. They got, they have talent at the receiving positions. They have cohesion in the, in the trenches. Like this team legitimately should compete for a Super Bowl this year. Am I being way too optimistic? No, I mean, they're, I mean, just based on the odds, they're the favorite here. They're the favorite to not only win the division. I think to make the play, they're to make the playoffs number is like minus two forty. Uh, they're the third favorite in the AFC, right? I mean, and they're not far behind the Chiefs. Like the, what's their what's their the numbers, AFC, the, the what's their number spoke. for the AFC is like seven to one. Ish. Yeah, and then even just this is one I'm kind of interested in. Plus two seventy five to reach the conference final oh if, man if you are bullish basically oh, if, if, man. if you can if you put that in your pocket and you like this team and they are able to go out there and have a great season secure a buy 
essentially you have the Colts plus two, 275 in that in that game to win a home game hosting a game divisional round of the you playoffs. have them at plus 275 which you know I make it sound easy like oh they just got to win 12 13 games get a top two seed in the conference that has the Patriots Chiefs Chargers Browns Steelers but uh <laughs> it's it's something I'm looking at right now I'm I'm no, I like bullish that on this a team. I, no, I, like I fell in love with them last year, and I'm still, yeah, same. Same. I'm still in love because I think just another an off season where Luck is healthy. Because yeah. obviously, when we got to the season, he was not healthy. He wasn't ready. He looked terrible, and to get all the prep work in in the off season in the camp, where where he's fully healthy, where he's fully engaged, working. You know, working as a healthy quarterback for this whole offseason, I think this team will probably, I mean, to win the divisions, minus 135. Okay. I don't know. I'm going to have to look at that. I don't, I don't see, I don't see them not at least competing for the division down the stretch here. Yeah. Okay. So we agree. We strongly agree. My, my, one of my favorite positions that I have in my queue was Colts to win the AFC South, which we made a case for in like, April. I can't even remember how long ago it was at this point. I'll have to go check the date, but I think it was either late April or early May after uh, after the draft, probably. Anyway, the reasons to be uh, optimistic for the Colts. You have a top-five quarterback. So, dude, correct me if you disagree with any of these statements. You have a top-five quarterback when healthy. You have a top-five coach in the league. You have a top-five GM in the league. And between coach, quarterback, and GM, you have the best at all three positions in your division. Do you agree with those statements? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Okay. So then, you know, you have a balanced roster. You know, you have young talent on your offense and defense. You don't have any true, obvious, glaring holes. You have emerging weapons in the passing game between – you know, you know, tried and true, solid playmakers like T.Y. Hilton. Uh, you know, uncoming, uh, incoming. You know, uh, coming back and and at uh, the tight end position after just an unreal last half of the season uh, from Ebron last year. Like th- trigger like, warning, you, Lions fans. Oh, Come yeah, on. Sure. Sorry, man. Well, you got you get trigger, Lions fans. They get to cheer for a top ten tight end that they drafted. Who I'm sure will be definitely won't be a bust. Um, but yeah, I mean, you know, you have <laughs> if you have a weakness anywhere, it's probably in your coverage. But they're getting good players back from injuries in a couple of positions in their secondary as well. So they may, they may not have standout like excellent cover talent, but they have depth, which is important. And you know, I think top to bottom, it's not a roster that I see any obvious glaring holes in. Uh, is the reason you want that- some cold water? Yeah, is there? What are the reasons that the market is not following us on this? Like, the there's like you look at, uh, like I'm I, okay. So I make them. I'll I'll be to- totally candid with my percentages here. I make them ten to one to win the and to win the Super Bowl this year, and they're widely available at fourteen to one. That's like a two percent difference, including the vague. That's kind of crazy. Okay, I make them at uh, to win the AFC. I make them four to one, and you can get them at seven to one out there. Like, what what is going on that the market is not caught up? Yeah, are they worried about Andrew Luck's calf injury? What is going on, Danny? The I think the worry probably will be the defense. And where is it? Football Outsiders 
their opposing offensive schedule was the easiest in the league, according to the DVOA of the opponents. So uh, they did have the de- the defense did benefit from a very easy offensive schedule. Um, counterpoint: They drafted seven out of their first eight draft picks were defensive players. Um, they were very bad at pass rush. They added Justin Houston. They're paying him. I think he's getting like 10, 12 million. Like hopefully he contributes right away. It's a kind of a different scheme, but I think he's a talent enough where he can play a straight, just a straight DN position. Uh, I don't know if they really added anything else defensively. They lost a couple players. Nobody, I don't know if it was anybody huge on defense, but hopefully a couple of these rookies click. Justin Houston plays well, and it's not such a big problem. I'm not super worried about it, but it is my cold water that I have to throw on it. Um, their Pythag was probably I'm, – I'm showing – I have different numbers than you do for Pythag, but I have a 10.3 according to uh, according to Football Outsiders. You have a 10.7. But either way, pretty close to where they're supposed to be. Hopefully the, the Andrew Luck being healthy, being acclimated to playing back in the NFL every week – Will kind of overcome some of the problems that we might see on the defensive side of the ball by playing a tougher schedule this year. Oh man! If uh, if something goes wrong with Andrew Luck, if he is a fragile specimen and we can't count on him to give us sixteen games because he's got a calf boo boo, uh, you inject Jacoby Brissett into the system. Are they still in the hunt? For the AFC South, or have we completely seeded? You know what happens in the AFC South? Jacoby Brissett starts ten games. I mean, based on the offensive line play, probably he should, he's not. He's. I don't he think he's. Well. He's not. He's not a huge step down. And granted, I, he's still a he's a backup quarterback. Yeah, like he is a backup. I don't. I don't think there's a ton of places where he'd start right now. Yeah. But there are worse. There are a lot worse. You know, backup quarterback. You can do a lot worse than Jacoby Brissett. Uh, it's a team that just schemes well. They do well against the blitz offensively, and they have a good offensive line. They've, you know, Hilton, it doesn't hurt to have a really yeah. good veteran receiver and good coaching. Which is the funniest thing is they fired their offensive line coach after last season. Unbelievable. Which, I mean, it sounds dumb to say say it like that. It was just it wasn't. Uh, it wasn't Reich's guy. It was somebody that uh, McDaniel's hired and stayed there. So, I forgot hopefully that. that doesn't come back to bite him. But because he's that guy's bounced around a lot. I can't think of his name, but it wasn't DeGuglio. I'm sure was it he, No. Yeah, yeah. It's it's that it's that's close. I can't. It was that guy. DeGuglielmo Leo Mo. It was, come, yeah, I feel yeah, bad for that sure. guy now because we can't think of his name. But I'm sure he's. I, I think he actually signed with Miami. Yeah, he got let go at one point from the Patriots so they could bring back Dante Scarnecchia. That worked out too, I guess. That worked out. <laughs> just the you know, just the the greatest offensive line coach of this generation by a long shot, but that's fine. Um, oh. Okay, so uh, okay, uh, is Jacoby Brissett? Isn't he like a flat earther or something? <laughs> yeah, he, maybe he, I don't he know. He had a hot he had a hot minute on social media that was unfortunate this off season, but okay. Should we we'll, pop we'll into the it. schedule? Yeah, let's look at the schedule. Um, so again, yeah, we talked about okay, the, we talked yeah, about the AFC West, and let's still, reframe let's reframe again. a little bit on let's reframe a little bit on on futures playing futures, right? 
Like, let's say I love the Colts, which obviously, uh, based on this conversation to this point, is fair thing for you to assume that I do. Uh, Jesus fucking Christ. Sorry, man. What? Are you at the airport? I, there's there must be some kind of police chase going on around me because it's just absolutely ridiculous. Sorry about that. Uh, so let's say I, I love the Colts, which is fair to assume given our conversation at this point. Uh, and let's say fourteen to one, I see value on that to the tune of you know two or three percent. Um, do I buy now? Why would I buy now? When do I buy? When you know what is the right approach for dealing with futures? Um, I talked about this a little bit with a couple other media spots I've done recently. Like, what is your general take on how you fill out a futures portfolio? Like, are you mostly looking to keep your bankroll intact to play game by game because you want the flexibility to play five, six, seven, you know, you put seven plays in, in play any given week? Or do you want to try to grab tickets along the way buying low just to extract a little bit of value out of it, right? Like, like, did you put any futures in play before the season started last year? Oh yeah, for sure. Oh, okay, you. I, I remember. Had, you had uh, the remember Bears, I got the two the two luckiest. Uh, I had the Bears. Um, and the Ravens. I had Houston and Dallas to win their division. Oh, Ravens right. to win their division. Right, but Those for Super Bowl, let's just say Super. Let's just say let's just say AFC, AFC, NFC, or Super Bowl. Like, like I'm I'm talking about like picking up a title this year. Um, like, I think I only like, had the Bears. I I don't love Super Bowl odds. I think I think it's just kind of a shit market at sometimes. I I usually grab those throughout the season. And the same thing goes for like division to make playoffs, AFC, NFC. I like grabbing some of those in in season. And as far as like just the, you know, that's just a separate part of my bankroll. I have money set aside. Like I know I'm going to play some futures. I know I have to have a chunk of the bankroll set aside for that because I'm going to do that every year. There's always plus EV positions to be taken throughout the season. Whether, you know, go back and listen to the, the schedule podcast. There's spots here where there's going to be times to to back a team after a rough stretch going to the easy part of their schedule. If it's, a, if it's a good team that has an actual chance to make the playoffs, you can grab a big fat number. We had like Colts to win the AFC like a hundred to one. I think it was a yeah. hundred to one is what we had. Yeah. And they certainly, you know, granted it, it was, <laughs> it, it was didn't, it didn't win us a damn thing, but they were not a hundred and one going into the, no, going into no. the, Divisional round, certainly. Like You no. had a very nice ticket that allowed me to take a nice position on Kansas City there. Oh, yeah. We swung as hard as I've ever swung on anything in that Kansas City yeah, we spot. we swung hard uh, on the Chiefs. <laughs> but, uh, I, I okay. swung hard on the Chiefs and hope they lost. Plus, it was their third road game, right? It was the third, you know, Colts' yep. third straight road game because they were on the wild card spot, right? Which is, you know, again, check out schedule situational spots. And, and if there's a team that's finishing road road, they better win their division if they're going to have any chance to win the Super Bowl. Anyway, I kind of generally agree with your philosophy there. And let's say, like, you know, unless there's, like, a true, crazy, bananas, stupid number long shot that you think this team can make the playoffs, I want this 50 or 100 to 1 or whatever, like, I don't really see a lot of need to run to the window and get money locked down now for Super Bowl odds. Uh, and the only reason you would do it would be if you look at somebody's schedule and you're like, I love this team, and the market is going to love them also after they see four games. That is the only reason. Is it if you think that your price that you are looking at right now before you submit that wager is at the best number you will see between now and February second? That is the only reason. <laughs> 
that you would put that bet in right now. Would you agree with that? Yeah. Yeah, you don't want to you don't want to take a worse number. And, and granted, you can't predict the future. You can't say, you know, for sure this will be the the worst number I'm going to get on this or a worser number. But I mean, just kind of use your use your handicapping and how you feel about these teams going to the season to determine whether it's a good idea. Okay, so the reason I brought this up in the context of the Colts is I look at their schedule and I see three games that they could potentially lose in their first five. Like, it's not inconceivable that they go into their bye week six at two and three. Would you agree with that? Yeah, it's just like we said with Houston. Not only do they draw the AFC West, but they draw – granted, you know, we can talk shit about the Chargers' home field advantage. You still have to travel to the West Coast if you're in the – and play outdoors. So they start at the Chargers. They got to play at Kansas City. Atlanta's going to be a good team. And then even Tennessee, a division road game is never easy. It doesn't matter Especially if we're back to back on the road. Especially back to back road to start the season. Oakland should be a gimme. Could the Colts and, be out absolutely. there? Like, there could be a buy spot there. And then, I mean, just looking at the schedule from there on out, there's not, you know, there's still some tough games. You got at Pittsburgh, at Houston, at New Orleans, at Jacksonville, Carolina at home. They don't have an easy schedule, but it'll be it'll be plainly apparent if they are a Super Bowl contender, if they make it through the schedule and win, you know, 10, 11, 12 games. Okay. Well, coming out of their bye, they have four home games in five weeks. Their only road game is at Pitt. I'm going to, I'm going to hold, I'm going to cool my jets. Yep. I'm going to hope that they do well because I have an AFC South future already. Uh, I'm going to hope they do well over that first five games, but I'm going to be prepared for the worst uh, and then look for buying them to win the Super Bowl after their bye week is over before they play Houston at home coming off their bye. Because um, that little five game stretch there is a beauty. Home versus Houston, home versus Denver, at Pittsburgh, home versus Miami, home versus Jacksonville. That's that's a winning stretch right there. Like that, that to me looks like you could put put together, you know, four or five wins and, and turn your season around. In fact, like the way their indie schedule looks, like they kind of look like they are gonna have a, like they could have, Houston's schedule from last year right like three losses yeah. and then go on a crazy winning streak and lock up the three seed i mean like that kind of that's you know i know i'm i'm like using past results to inform you know in a totally nonsense way but it's set up a little bit like that like you know this is going to team that's gonna you know kind of run through the middle of their schedule oh um, this will be this will be some fun conversations to have throughout the season as we get to some of these points just like last okay. year we and and it'll there'll be a couple on teams that we did not talk about during the yeah. you know we, we won't be able to identify all this but partway through the season we'll be like this team is probably better than their record shows right now and it's time to get on sure enough. buy low okay baby. well let's talk about a team that I won't be buying low on because I'm selling in every which way possible and that is your third place finishers from last year the Tennessee Titans um, biggest misconception about this team i actually i guess i don't even know I don't, I don't even really know where to start other than the way the number that they opened this win total on looks like it was informed by kind of their average wins over the last handful of years and it does not look reflective of the current quality of the roster or coaching staff um 
I cannot bring myself in any way I look at the analytics to convince myself that this is an eight-win team. Uh, this is almost certainly uh, the last year that Marcus Mariota is the quarterback of the Tennessee Titans. The news out of camp about Brian Tannehill if, already if pushing him from his job. If he's quarterback this year. If he's, if he's quarterback this year. Like, there are, you know, going back to last season, like, the Titans overachieved even being in the playoff conversation at the end of the season. Uh, Marcus Mariota gets a stinger. He misses the last two games. Blaine Gabbert is quarterback for this team, week 17, at home, winning your in situation against the Colts, and they got smoked. The Tennessee Titans were frauds last year. They opened this win total. It's like they're going to be the same team that's going to run out there and compete. I can't make a case for them. Uh, what do you make of this line, and was this the easiest under, and have we already missed the boat? Yeah, that early eight and a half with the half decent juice. That was probably yeah. what we should have got. <laughs> probably. Um, for the I don't know shit about Arthur Smith. Good. Arthur Smith know, is their like, new offensive just, coordinator. Uh, he's never called plays before. Uh, Delaney Walker back from injury. They drafted a decent wideout, but it's still Mariota. We like the, they went nine and seven. Lafleur got hired. They were just minus EV in a lot of things. Like, as anybody who plays fantasy or does prop betting or paid attention to these, like, Deion Lewis kind of sucks. Deion yeah. Lewis's success rates. He was the worst way, running way, back. Way, way, way lower. Like, he was the worst running back that got significant yeah, touches got, last year. Yeah, Henry, Derrick Henry was like top 20 in success rates. Deion Lewis was like 70th. In everything, <laughs> and they still used him way, way, way too much. Like, the, I, I have, I'm not even going to throw all these out. I might have to wait and almost write an article about the Titans, but just some of the shit they did. They threw a league high percentage of passes at or behind the line of scrimmage for a huge negative DVOA. <laughs> they were super low in the league. Like, they, they're running the wrong running back. They're throwing passes behind the line of scrimmage. The only thing I have on here for a positive, besides, you know, they had a winning record, I guess. The only positive, they were a really good red zone team somehow. Like they were that the, seems they super were like crazy. A, yeah, and that could be an outlier. Who knows? that? Oh, and maybe that regresses, and they're a really bad red zone team or middle of the pack. But yeah, they were like third best in the red zone for touchdowns allowed. That's I don't crazy. know if the Tannehill thing, how that hashes out. But, I mean, they've kind of said they're they're going to be a running team. So, good luck with that. Oh, when you said they were good in the red zone, did you mean on def- like defensively? Like they were good? And de- de- yes, de- defensively. Okay, yes, okay. They were good. They, they, they were, okay, uh, I get that. Okay. They, that, that they, does seem, they only they allowed for 4.15 points per red zone possession. The most useful lesson that Football Outsiders has taught me over the last two years, defense year over year, not as predictive. The idea that 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 will regress is hugely, hugely important. I think, uh, and the because the defense does not have they don't have great. I mean, you know what they got? With Mal- Malcolm Butler had a fine season last year, but he's overpaid. Um, you know they have lots of folk. They they they're trying to they're taking the the Patriots retreads and trying to rebuild their you know their secondary, which I don't think is you know a very effective way of of you know building team building um they don't have especially dynamic pieces on the pass rush they don't have they have huge question marks and weaknesses in 
the receiving position and at the quarterback and at the head coach and at the offensive coordinator, guess what? Those are all of the places that you want stability, that you want to have a good, comfortable, positive feeling. It's kind of crazy after all that you quoted that Matt LaFleur got effectively got promoted to head coach after that season, his first season calling plays. The Titans I know it, it makes four. me a little worried Kinda about our crazy. Packers love because yeah. they ran yeah. like second most on first downs. I mean, I can just keep spitting these like that super low success rates on most of most of these minus EV plays, which weird that there's <laughs> surprising there. And yeah, the, <laughs> yeah. The, de- the defense, the defense probably will regress. Yeah. And yeah, you've got a first year play caller that we really don't know shit about i i don't know yeah tons he about was, him he and tana hill was starting with the ones the other day so who even knows like this is a team where i'm kind of avoiding right now because we did miss that eight and a half on the under but it'll be really interesting to see if this is uh just a yeah it just feels like another four eight and 18 i don't know it, four, it, four and 12 wouldn't shock no yeah it, it'll like it, there's one or two scenarios in my mind either it's just similar Similar similarities to the last couple of years, where they're just a middling team like this, where there's there's you know some chances for them to rise to the top and they don't quite do it, or if it finally the bottom falls out, all the variance stops going, you know their way as much, and they are like a three or four win team. Yeah, yeah. Um, we'll get to their schedule in a second, but just to put a kind of a, a period on Arthur Smith. Uh, he rose through the ranks with the Titans as the illustrious tight ends coach. You know, all of the amazing tight ends that the Titans have developed over the years, they were all responsible, uh, part of charge of Arthur Smith. So yeah, uh, I, and you know, you're, you're absolutely right on everything you're pointing out. You know, we know that certain things are minus CV because the Titans did them and we have the proof that they didn't work. Like they are the legitimately the canaries in the coal mine on how not to run offense. And yet they're leaning into a lot of things that they did poorly as like, Oh, we didn't do this well. So we're going to have to work on it. And like, that's, that is a huge problem. And you have a quarterback in Mariota that I do not have confidence in. I am way, way off the Mariota uh, bandwagon at this point. Um, he can do amazing dynamic plays at times. He threw a sure. pass to himself. He a touchdown pass to himself. Pass to himself. Impressive, but Brad uh, Johnson esque can't can't stay healthy. Can and and cannot uh, deliver consistently in the biggest moments. Uh, too many primetime games I've seen him absolutely crap his pants. Um, so with all that, good luck Titans. I think you are looking at a four and twelve ish kind of season. Uh, yeah, I would take pretty much under it anything at this point, and we'll get to the all unders before we put a you know bow yeah. on these guys. But any, anything, any parts of their schedule that, that to you look like I might be missing on these guys? Because I'm looking right now at four road games in their first six, including some horrific spots. Uh, and I, you know, again, you know, against teams that they probably are going to be decent dogs to. We know their dogs out of the gate. To Cleveland, um, then they go home versus Indy. They're going to be dogs at Jacksonville, oh, at gosh. Atlanta. Those four games. Those... Guess who they will not have on the field? Star tackle Taylor Lewan out with the suspension. Yes, he is suspended. Uh, 
I mean, is this 0-4 out of the gate? Is this 1-5 at best? I mean, they could lose to Buffalo and Denver, too. They could lose They could lose all the way to their yeah. home game against Tampa Bay in week eight. Like, this looks like it could go real, real poorly. Uh, yeah, this could go into a tailspin. And that's another stat I, I had here from, from Warren Sharp's preview. When Mariota was trailing, his passer rating ranked 37 out of 41 qualifying quarterbacks. <laughs> oh, like he's, he's not, I mean, oh, and boy. we'll touch Cause I have some stats on some guys who are really good when they're trailing. He is way down the end on that spectrum. It's crazy that there's 41 quarterbacks that qualified for that last year. I guess uh, there was a lot of backups against some playing time, but uh, yeah. So if they're trailing in games, yeah, it's like you said, because you can't quantify clutch or, you know, yeah. a guy who's good under pressure, captain comeback, but this is quantified. When they were trailing, yeah. his pass ratings in the seventies. <laughs> That's not bad. good. That's not so, good. Yeah, and because um, those are passing scenarios. That's where you need your quarterback playing well when you're down and it's late. I mean, this is just trailing in general. But when you know when it is late and you have to pass and you don't have a guy you can rely on, it's going to be a struggle to get back to the playoffs. Yeah, I mean, also from Sharp. Uh, they were there a couple you, years ago. Do you, you know the, the Texans were also kind of in that boat of really poor when, when trailing? I didn't realize that the Texans were yes. in that boat too, but also from Sharp, they're 1-16 in 16 when they were behind at half, that, which is, uh, you know, the, now we're talking about two teams in the same division that have virtually no hope of coming back. Uh, and you can oh. kind of understand why. When you're in a passing situation. Yeah. When you have a really I, bad offensive line and you're always yeah. passing because you're behind yeah, it. You're in trouble. It's a recipe yeah. for disaster. Yeah, right, right, of course. So, cold on the Titans. Uh, how low? How low can we go? How low can we go? Uh, I mean, when I threw cold water on the Colts, I want to throw, like, warm water on Tennessee. If Mariota stays healthy and he plays a little better, you know, you never know. Uh, they could implement a new system. We got a new guy coming in. Maybe he maybe he reads some of the analytics stuff and he's smart. I don't know. It'll be interesting to watch. Like, this is a wait-and-see team I want to see. You know, you're not going to see everything in the preseason, but it'll be interesting to see what kind of uh, packages they're running because Corey Davis is good. Yeah. Um, Delaney Walker will be healthy. Delaney Walker's still good at his age. Like, they don't have terrible weapons. If, if they figure out that they should be using Derek they Henry They could accidentally win some games. Yeah, they they could be a decent team. Like I do think they're they're probably you know right in the middle of the range for me. They're they're going to be right around their win total, where it, it, if this if this works out on offense, you know if the okay. new play caller is a total disaster, I think I think a lot hinges on this new guy. If the play calling is a disaster and they're they're just making bad moves in early downs and not using the weapons properly, it could be a really bad team. On the other hand, if it works out, they do have some weapons. Okay. And AJ Brown, I like I like AJ Brown a lot. Uh, did Read he up get on hurt? him. He's fast. Did he get hurt? Already? He, did I miss he, that? He was limping into the locker room at one point, but I didn't get a confirmation if it was an actual injury. Ah, uh, rub some uh, dirt on check, it. Well, let's check them out. Uh, it looked like it looked like a knee or a hyperextension or something like that. Anyway, um, we'll deal, we'll circle back on AJ Brown. But uh, if you could, you know, the the prices in the alt unders for the Texans and the Titans aren't that far off. Surprisingly, um, would you rather have Texans under seven at uh, plus one sixty or Titans under seven at plus one fifty? Give me that. I'd I'd still rather have the Texans. 
Wow. Because I'm cold on Tennessee, wow. but I, I still see I, I see wow. outlier I see it's less of an outlier scenario that they win eight, nine games. I just I think the bottom is more likely to drop out on Houston. Okay. Okay. They have a tougher schedule. Well, but the the way that this the way that the Tennessee yeah, and the, opening, schedule the opening sucks. salvo for both of these teams is so bad that season's gonna be over before it even starts. Which brings us to the team that season ended before it started last year. <laughs> I didn't want to go through the whole schedule other than it just starts terrible. Um, the team that schedule their season ended before it started last year because of absolutely horrific play from the boat, uh, Jacksonville Jaguars. They only won five games last year. Uh, kind of the, the darlings of the football outsiders' defense is not predictive year over year was the Jaguars last year because two seasons ago, they had an all-universe defense, and it was all-universe in all the right places. They had an incredible pass rush. They had amazing coverage corners and, and safeties. The play that they got from Bouye and uh, Ramsey was amazing. And guess what? It regressed fairly, but it was much more – the story of the 2018 Jacksonville Jaguars was much more about if your defense isn't scoring one touchdown per game, it's much tougher. <laughs> it's much tougher to win games with Blake Bortles as your quarterback. It turns out that, that is a fact that we learned last year watching the Jaguars games. And, and what they do as a result. Well, I guess and I guess taking a step back, like I I gotta say, like I kinda like the Jags as a franchise. Like I like their owner Shad Khan. I think he's like Probably in the top he's forward half. thinking. Oh, he's forward thinking. He's in the top half of owners. I don't love Tom Coughlin as kind of the guy who's controlling the strings. Um, I'm lukewarm on their coaching staff. Um, but you know, what did you make of their offseason moves? Bringing in Nick Foles as their quarterback for the future, giving him that money. Yeah, I don't mind the the Filippo Foles reunion. I mean, that was a super good combination a couple of years ago for the <laughs> Eagles. True. It's, it's true. I don't, I don't think you can possibly call it a downgrade. It, 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 even a lateral move, there's no possible way that getting better at quarterback isn't going to be a, a great move for them. They got better at quarterback. There's, there's just no ifs, ands, or buts about it. Bortles, I don't know how he had that 17 season. I don't know if he's just playing off of what the defense was doing. But, yeah, I mean, just some of the – some of the stats I've seen from 2017 to 2018 were staggering. Like, they still, you know, everyone points at the defense. The defense wasn't actually that bad last year. It's just when you have one of the greatest years ever, <laughs> yeah, there's exactly. going to be regression. You can't – it just exactly. – the regression bug just bit them a little too hard. Um, they – they in 2017, the defense played a 29th-ranked offensive opponent schedule. That moved up to 11th last year. So just right there, it's going to be a problem. They had a 47-sack swing from, you know, just sacks given up to sacks uh, whatever that they got. Their net sacks went from, like, plus 31 to minus 16. Their net turnovers went from plus 10 to minus 12. They, They only forced half the amount of turnovers. Turnovers are enormous. Turnovers can, I mean, just... One turnover can win a game. If you get half as many turnovers as the year before, that's a huge – I mean, there's no chance you're not going to regress greatly on both sides of the ball. And then just 
they were injured. This is a reason I might be a little bullish on them. They went from, and this is Warren Sharp's metrics that I don't fully understand how he grades this out, but according to his stuff, they were the sixth healthiest team in 2017, and last year they were the sixth most injured. So okay. if, if that can just even regress to the mean, any of those things, if I can just come back to the mean, it's going to be a top five defense with better quarterback. Another one, they the receivers dropped a league high 7.4% of passes last year. That's, that's All of this stuff, if it just swings back, yeah, and it, it, it's not like that's going to get way better, but if it can just not be the worst – Maybe don't drop. They dropped almost forty balls. I mean, that's that's, that's like two yeah, or three that, really, a game. Like that's it's really rough. hard. That's really if hard. You, I mean, some of those. I don't know how many of those were on third downs, but even if they weren't, some of them could have been first downs off a of second down. You know, you're losing. How many possessions? I wonder. Did they lose off Swung, those thirty-seven yeah. total drops by receivers? So better, better quarterback. Hopefully, some regression in all those stats. And I think I'm. I think I'm buying some Jaguar stock. Okay, so they did also in the draft. They got a couple of players oh, yeah. fell in their lap. Uh, Josh Allen, who is one of the top pass rushers, fell in their lap. That's that's pretty nice. They still got some damn talented pass rushers as it is. Um, and uh, their guy that they had been slotted at seven, offensive tackle Jawan Taylor, dropped in their lap in round two. Uh, like it, you know, they got some pr- potential injection of youth, which I always like to see, uh, and. Um, that, but they do have an Achilles heel, uh, and it's their offensive weapons. The Who is scoring points on this team? Who is Nick Foles' primary target? What do they do about the absolute black cloud that is Leonard Fournette? They invested so much draft capital on that mother, and he has no role in the current NFL. Let alone ability to stay on the field and be, you know, come up, especially, you know, especially important role on a team that is doing things a little bit the old school way. Like I don't love that they're not necessarily forward thinking in terms of offensive approach. Um, Tom Coughlin connection is a little spooky, but you know, like 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 who is Nick Foles' primary target this off season? I mean, this regular season. D.D. D.D. Westbrook playing slot maybe. It's, uh, yeah, it's that is the rough part. There's the cold water there. Alshon Jeffrey's not walking through that door. Uh, you know, the uh, Zach Ertz is not walking through that door. Uh, two years ago, Jay Ajay is not walking through that door. LeGarrette Blunt is not walking through that door. Like the weapons that Nick Foles had around him in Philadelphia with Filippo two years ago, like it were so much more impressive than what this crew is trotting out through the season. So I they guess added what I'm Chris asking, Conley. <laughs> oh, <laughs> oh him. Oh, oh, oh. I, <laughs> he might be fine. He, he, he's, he's, he might be fine. I, I don't want to disparage Chris Conley. Um, but, but generally stated, like if they don't get it done on defense, like how are they winning games? How are they scoring points? Yeah, they have to, they have to play well on defense. Like that, that has to come back. Like that has to at least come back, you know, not to 2017 levels, but that has to be much improved in just turnover. I don't know if you want to call it luck. Fumble luck is a whole different thing, but they need to force turnovers like they did in 2017. They need to get sacks. They need to protect falls. And then, yeah, hopefully, 
I mean, who's the who's the receiving back here? Yeldon. Yeldon. Yeah, I'm Pretty I'm, I'm checked. And Fournette was injured. Maybe maybe we shouldn't be so checked out on Leonard Fournette. I don't think like, Yeldon's on. If the he team stays anymore, healthy, actually. he can. St- they're no, they're, uh, right. like, they're, they're number two. Like, their number two back is Alf, Alfred Blue is backing up. Uh, oh my god, this depth chart on offense is so sad. Their yeah, top two the wide receivers, up in, up in Marquise, Marquise Lee and D.D. Westbrook, are the starting uh, X and Y. Uh, you I have, like D.D. Westbrook. Uh, okay. Uh, the uh, he, yeah, as wide receiver one though, that's tough, man. Uh, D.J. Chark. Chris Conley, Keelan Cole, Terrell Pryor. Oh, my goodness. And then on running back, you have Fournette, Alfred Blue, Ryquel Armstead, Benny Cunningham, Thomas Rawls. Like, this is this is rough, man. Like, I mean, this... Yeah, D.D. Westbrook is a slot guy. He is a slot guy. I'm not sure who your deep threat is here. Chris Conley. I guess. This is tough, man. This is tough. Nick Foles might have this, and this will be something interesting to watch during the. This will be very interesting to watch. You know what? This. You know what? You know. Instead of everything else in this team, during the preseason, this will be interesting. You know what? what uh, Somebody. Somebody's going to have to step up. You know what this depth chart reminds me of? Uh, Cowboys last year. Like until they made that trade for Mari Cooper, like the Cowboys wide receivers were. so bad. Uh, like they had absolutely no chemistry between Dak and Switch Gallup. And, oh my God, they were so bad. Uh, and Amari Cooper trade really made a huge difference in that unit as a whole. Uh, maybe the maybe the Jags can make a move for uh, for a wide receiver or a tight end piece that would uh, change their fortunes a little. Because right now they do not have that piece, uh, and it's going to be a it's going to be a, a rocky. It's going to be an uneven offense, as far as I can tell you. Um, which is tough when opening the season, you're going to have to keep up with the offense of the Kansas City Chiefs at home. That's going to be a good game, huh? Strength versus strength, weakness versus oh, weakness. I think so. That'll be fun. I'm just trying to figure out more about this DJ Shark kid. Like, is he, a, <laughs> is he second year? Like, he, I no I mean, clue. he's starting, I guess. Most no depth charts. I'm, I looked at a couple here. Like he's a starting wideout. Like he's it's it's Lee Shark and then Westbrook in the slot. Fournette. I don't mind. I mean, I'm not excited about seeing Alfred Blue get touches. I guess, but yeah, Conley. Conley's a backup. I guess maybe we aren't as pro Conley as we thought. They traded traded or signed a D a tight end. Yeah, but maybe we talked about Jacksonville. Jeff Swaim, yeah. <laughs> well, their offensive weapons are so bad. But again, I said I I would have said the same thing about Dallas last year when we were previewing them. Like, yeah, they have a young, talented running back who is high draft pick, sure. But they have they had absolutely no one for Dak to throw the ball to, and that manifests until they made the trade for Cooper. Like that completely flipped their season on its head, uh, and uh, you know maybe it has a trade like that in store for the Jaguars because as it is right now, looking at their schedule, their first four, they got KC, Houston, Tennessee, Denver. 
KC, they're not keeping up with scoring points. I'm sorry. I don't care if it's in Jacksonville in the heat, in the smothering heat, if the defense plays its best performance that we've seen from them in two years. It's going to be virtually impossible for this Jaguars team to score with that KC team. I just i am not entertaining betting on the Jags week one. Uh, at Houston, Tennessee, at Denver. Now, there's some teams in there that the defense will absolutely be able to show out. In fact, maybe all three of those games. Do so you think it's reasonable that – Jags could be three and one after four weeks. Yeah, yeah, I'd lean more towards two and two, but I just feel like they they might, you know, like I said, with the the camp battles and these wide receiver, the wide receiving core being a little suspect. This seems like the kind of team that takes a little bit to get on their feet. Maybe offensively, just you know, being such a a fresh start on offense like this with a new OC, new quarterback. How many, I mean, how many teams are doing that? Uh, I guess we don't really have that right in front of us, but new quarterback and new OC. That's, uh, I guess we could, could be least... two in the same division if Tannehill starts. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I think there's at least, there's at least five, um, you know, Arizona for sure. Uh, well, we don't need to count right now, but I think there's at least five uh, Arizona. Uh, okay. Anyway, anyway, um, Miami, Miami. Yep. Uh, the um, so the schedule's tough. It's tough. It looks it looks challenging. Uh, they, I, I guess, there are maybe the right way to approach this team is to look for specific games to back them, where the defense is going can be the deciding factor in the game. What do you think about that approach? Like, I like that. just wait for, no, just like wait for the right games, wait for the right spots. Not necessarily try to try to get be be too. Not try to not try to be too, um, you know, uh, hot takey and say the Jaguars are really going to compete for this division. Because I'll be honest, man. Like, I, I just can't see this Jags team beating the Colts. Like, I, I like honestly, I look at the Colts schedule. Like, are the Colts six and zero in this division? I mean, it's entirely reasonable, right? You're gonna go five and one. Yeah. What no, are the Col- I, I what's, mean five what's the Colts and one. Division record? I don't want to get crazy. What's the Colts division record? I. I mean, I'd set the total at like four and a half and juice it, juice the piss out of it to the over. <laughs> I'll take the over. I think there's like six no over division. over four and a half yeah. minus one sixty. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. I you know I just I I can't see I can't see a team like the Jaguars keeping up with them from a scoring standpoint unless. You know, Andrew Luck legitimately melts down on the field, which I think he might have. He might have done against the Jaguars last year. Didn't the Colts lose a, a weird lost one six to the nothing. Jags? Yes, I remember. Six God. nothing. Was, okay, so the Jaguars are going to have to get it done six nothing. Um, okay, good, to, good, good, good stuff. Um, okay, but you're you're cooled off on uh, on trying to bet them on the win total over. Let, let's look real quick at what they're. What they're, uh, yeah, dude, you talked about their numbers. wide receivers, scared the hell out of me. <laughs> it's ugly, it's bad. Maybe somebody emerges, though. like they do so, need to make a move because yeah, I they, mean, they're not that far, they're not that far away. Um, and then another stat I had here, too. Um, people that I mean, that people that shit on Jalen Ramsey, they didn't throw at him as much. I mean, they just didn't yes. get targeted. People, yes, like he's I'm not good. doing that. He's that good, and that boy, good. he had a bad kind of bad year. Yeah. And also, 39 of his 92 targets were defending Odell, Hopkins, Antonio Brown, or Hilton. Like wow. 40% wow. of his targets were against all 
receivers. You know, wow. he is still a force. That defense will still be good. They should be better than last year, I think. Teams like the Broncos yeah, this, and Joe uh, Flacco the cold... throwing on the, right, right. Teams like the Broncos and Joe Flacco. Yeah, no, no, that's they're not, they're not, they're not throwing. They're not throwing on this. They got extra no, rest. Freaking way, Mariota and the Titans. Extra rest off Thursday night football. Yep, 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 yep. Okay, so yeah. there'll be some spots to back this team. Okay, there'll be some spots to back this team. I like that. Um, their win total opened at eight, which was a three-win adjustment in the positive direction from their five wins last year. Um, and do you want to guess if it has bet, been bet to the over or under off of the open? Do you have a guess without looking at the yeah. chart? Well, I mean, I. I mean, I looked at all the charts already. Oh, okay. It's so been it's bet under. down. It's been bet down. Not as much yeah. as Tennessee was. Tennessee was bet down 70 cents. Texans were bet down 45 cents. Jags have been bet down 16 cents. So 32 cents up for the Colts. Everyone else in division has been bet down. That is how the market feels about the AFC South. And other than maybe being a little bit more bullish on the Jags than the market is writ large, I think we would generally agree with all of that sentiment. Would you say so? Yeah, we're kind of just chalky here. We we might need a hot take for later in the week. <laughs> well, to, I next, guess I put Quentin episode, Nelson in the hall. Yeah, tomorrow's tomorrow's pod will have hot takes uh, galore. Uh, so you can hold on to your uh, hold on to your hats for tomorrow's pod. Um, but this was, you know, Quentin, Quentin Nelson going to the Hall of Fame. I don't even know if this is that hot of a take, man. I mean, a, a short of a career-ending injury, that guy is going to be a force a for stud. a decade. Yes, yes, top second year in the league, and he's. I I would have listened to someone if they made the case that that is the best offensive lineman in the league last year, I would have listened to him. I would have been like, yeah, give me top five. I don't know about number one, but he was in the conversation. So good work by Chris Ballard and company getting a blue trip like that. And And, uh, good luck to the Colts. We are counting on you to not suck and take this division. Um, But the right time to buy low on these guys, maybe in their bye week after week six. I mean, if the Colts are, are four and one or five and L like, they're going to they're 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 a uh, they're getting a buy like that's like if they their upside if they do well over the first five weeks of the season their upside is they're getting a buy if they do poorly over the first five weeks of the season then they're getting a three or four seed that's kind of how that's that's kind of the way I, I capture the temperature of this team would you agree? Yeah, that's fair. Yeah, they if, don't have if they can the get through that rough stretch, they don't have to play the Pats. Yeah. They don't have to play the Browns. They don't have to play the Ravens. Got, yeah, I think it just uh, kind of bad luck draw. division division wide. Just the the rotation, the rotation of how they do the the divisions you cross against. Granted, you you everybody gets to play the Raiders, but I mean, a couple <laughs> of these teams got to go, you know, two KC. Everybody has to play Kansas City. That sucks. The Chargers are very good. Home home you know home field advantage aside, the Chargers are a tough team. That's a tough out. Like, uh, and then, you know, just Houston having to play a first-place schedule. There are some tough schedules in this division. And the, the division winner might have 10 wins. Yeah, and, I can see and that. That's, in that scenario, I think it's 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 the Colts having uh, a rough go of it early on in that schedule and then writing the – you know, not so much writing the ship, but just winning the games they should throughout the second half of their schedule, winning the division. Okay. Well, my predict, my final predictions for this, uh, this division, I'm going to go 11-5 and five for the Colts. I'm going to go 8-8 eight eight for the Jags. I'm going to go 
six and ten for the Texans, and I'm going four and twelve for the Titans. I think the Titans are the worst. Arthur Smith and company don't inspire yeah, confidence. I'm a little, I'm a little more, I'm a little more, uh, I'm a little more. You never know with the Titans. Yeah. Okay. Because I well, don't. Because we don't know. Like we have no no predictive ability about like how Arthur Smith is going to call an offense. Like I didn't do any research into that because he's never called a play. And right now all <laughs> we have is quotes. So and it's tough because here we are. All we've had is the Hall of Fame game. We have not seen anybody play. Really, any real football, not even real football, but fake football, any preseason. So as we go throughout the preseason, you know, we'll actually some of these division previews and, you know, we can't all mash them in the last week. You wouldn't have time to listen to them and we wouldn't have time to record them. So some of these are going to be less informed because we haven't seen them play at all. So it'll be fun as we get a little further into the preseason to actually see some of these uh, teams play. I kind of like the Titans against the Eagles in preseason week one. Uh, I'm backing them. I think that's, that might be my first, uh, uh, my first preseason look. Uh, I think with Tannehill getting all these uh, reps with the with the with the first team, they're going to come out trying to fire. Uh, Eagles really have nothing to gain by putting any of their good players at risk, so they're going to have you know second and third unit out there. So give me some Titans week one. Preseason week it. one, of course. All right, preseason man. week one. Great job. That was fantastic. Expect seven more of these that are as good, if not better. We're in we're in the preseason mode, so we're going to keep getting stronger and improving our takes as we get through this eight divisions. Hope you enjoyed this. Tell your friends about it. Subscribe to our podcast. If you have a huge podcast. yeah, if you have some huge disagreement, hit us in the comments, and we will yeah. summarily ignore it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm kidding. We love talking football. Yeah, 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 yeah. But yeah, if you have a friend who's into betting the NFL and they're dying for some NFL content, send our podcast their way. And uh, yeah, expect a lot more of these. August is going to be great. I'm already, I'm already fired up for football. Let's go. 